Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Well, welcome to the Side Action, episode 76, uh, season 3, episode 6. This is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, how was your weekend? How's your week been? What's the Rat, the rat Patrol update? I want everything. Give it to me. We had a nice weekend, actually. Uh, rodent-free in the backyard now, so I think nice. we've successfully put that behind us. We were able to relax a little bit and uh, enjoy the new home, finally. <laughs> Stress-free. Sure. And uh, had a great weekend in the books. Highly Good. positive. So... That was a nice outcome. Monday night uh, certainly did not end well for us, but all of the games leading up to that went well. So that was a good thing. How about you? I agree. I, I had a good week, too, going into that night. Um, you know, the, I did miss the money line. We'll talk about the Titans. That was, uh, you know, I was I was on Houston money line, and that one actually not the spread bet. But I was hitting money lines a little bit and, and getting nice. some success. And, of course, I, I was on the Cowboys like you Monday night, so that was just a loser. Um, so, but no, overall it was good. I mean, had a, a fun weekend, you know, play football. We won again. It was a little bit exciting. You know, the shocker update was we had the backup quarterback in, you know, everybody loves the backup. Uh, Tommy Doherty, he, he came out a little bit rusty. He did his best, um, Mike Trelevin QB one imitation by throwing four picks in the first half and, uh, it was a little dicey there actually between him. Actually, I think he had three and Ridgeway had two. So Ridgeway, we got to, you know, for everybody who knows, we're, we play co-ed and you have to do certain plays to girls. And we usually don't get in a situation where it's third and girl or fourth and girl where you have to have a girl QB or something. In this case, Ridgeway, who has a great arm, as you know, she gunned it in one time uh, that got picked. But early in the game, she threw it behind a little bit to Jimmy. He tipped it. Pick six. That was the opening drive. Mm-hmm. So that was their only score of the game, thankfully. But um you know, we, we ended up settling down. I was like, look, we could beat these guys easily, just run the ball. Who cares, you know? And so the coach settled them down. We got it done. My other cousin played, Johnny. He's the one who tore my hamstring last year. Uh, he came out. He's only 23. He made some spectacular catches. He was looking good out there. So the uh, the Doherty boys made a connection, and it was exciting. It was exciting. Well, so you made some halftime adjustments, like Coach Harbaugh employed yeah. <laughs> the, the Ravens running offense. Exactly. Just 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 run the ball, when in doubt, run the ball. And when in doubt, throw the ball short because this team was like six yards off the ball at all times. Hmm. Throw it short, run the ball. You know, so you're getting fifteen yards every time because they, they can't pull the flag right away. And we have one guy on the team, as we've mentioned before, his name's Remy. He's so fast. We threw the ball to him on like a six yard out route. He he crossed the whole field, almost went the whole distance of the field. You know, jiving all over the, the thing, doing spin moves. The guy's incredible. He did get caught at the one, but, you know, it was an incredible effort. And uh, that's all you got to do. Throw it short. Yards after catch, man. Yeah. The Cowboys yeah. tried that on Monday. It didn't work very well for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's give some updates. Uh, I didn't put this on the outline action, but we got we got message from um, – you know, what is it, DJ Ward Enterprises, www.proxy.com uh, or whatever he is now. Uh, Dave Ward sent us the, the mention of the article on the new Circa Sports book. It is is open for media. I don't know when it actually opens, but it looks fantastic. Yeah, next Tuesday night, I believe, is the grand opening. Okay. Tuxedo only event. Um, oh, I still haven't going? seen. I haven't seen my invitation in the mail, but Mike <laughs> Palm assures me that it's on its way. But I'm not going to be able to make it this year. So. Oh man, dang! But yeah. you guys are going to stay there at some point, right? Or you want to? We actually have a trip planned for late November to do some rock climbing, and we're going to stay downtown on the or not downtown, but on the strip. Mm-hmm. And I did make reservations for the new Circus Swim, which is Ooh. outside. And it's a pool with a huge uh, big screen TV, so they'll have sports on out there at the pool. And there are two pools that are 103 degrees year-round. So I'm looking forward to that. It's like a hot tub. Slippery hot. 
We've already talked about our loyal listeners. You know, we have this loyal following that listens to us every week. Thank you. That's where we're going to do it next year, right? We're going to try to hit that place for the, you know, when we go out for the annual contest trip. Yeah. We're going to stay there and obviously hit that pool, make some reservations. Maybe there's a cabana involved. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But um, pretty excited about that. And that place looks outstanding. You know, good. What is his name? Uh, Derek Dave, Stevens. Derek Stevens. Yes. Derek Stevens owns the D and the Golden Nugget. You know, so he's def, or Golden, Golden, Golden Nugget. Gate. Golden, Golden Gate. Golden Gate. I'm sorry. Yeah. Golden Gate. So Mike Palm and the guys, uh, you know, we're, we're coming for you guys next year. So That's right. Uh, uh, just a little bit of an update. I don't know. I, I, I didn't have enough time to check Twitter again, but I, I saw that there was a test. Is it the Raiders or somebody had a test? It looks like they're moving some games around. looks like the Tampa game with the Raiders is getting moved to 4 o'clock Eastern, and then they're moving the Seattle-Arizona game to Sunday Night Football as a result. Was, it was the Raiders who was tested? Yeah, uh, tackle Trent Brown got a positive test yesterday. And as a result, they sent the entire offensive line home yesterday from right. the campus. And I don't believe any of the additional linemen have received tests yet, but they were also not at the building today, skipped practice. So I did read that the Raiders were just running a seven-on-seven seven drill for practice because they have no line. Right, so, right, 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 uh, right. It looks unlikely that this game will happen this weekend. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So we'll keep keep note of that with our picks this week. But that kind of it is a pretty cool game, the Seattle game. Seattle Arizona is a nice mm-hmm. Sunday night football game, anyway. So definitely. All right, let's do a recap of the, uh, the week six in the NFL. Uh, generally speaking, we have seven and seven split down the middle. Home and road teams split this week, which is interesting. That's not typical. Uh, favorites, you know, came in six and eight with the dogs. So you get some underdogs hitting. But here's the correction action. We've been talking about it. Overs only four, unders 10. So maybe it was probably more about the the actual numbers that were out there versus the scoring. But across the board, there was a big correction in the market here. Yeah, I don't think that the uh, incidence of penalties has changed at all. Right. And um, certainly don't think there's any other factors to this other than the defense is just looking to catch up a little bit. I think, well, there has been some injuries, you know, True. a few offensive stars that aren't playing. So that certainly has an effect on scoring, certainly for the Dallas Cowboys, for example. But <laughs> looking, at, uh, looking at you, Andy Dalton. <laughs> I'm just kind of mad because I didn't get on the under train this week. I was hoping that I could catch that wave when it bounced back, but it didn't happen yeah. for me. Yeah, we talked about it. You're like, you're not used, you're not ready to do that. And of course, this was the week to do it. So it'll probably balance out this week. So that leaves us for the season. Uh, favorites are 43, 47 and one, which is, you know, not so great. Um, home favorites, 27 to 35. That is crazy. Yeah. And then you've, you've noted this favorites of two and a half points or less are a crazy three, 14, three and 14 on the season. Whereas if it's six point more, uh, six points or more, it's 21, 18 and one. So, those close games are kind of flipping over on us. Yeah, interesting to note there. Certainly a small sample size, only 17 games this season with a favorite of less than a field goal. But um, it has been a very underdog-driven market this season. You see that the home teams as favorites are not faring well either in terms of against the spread outcomes. So I think maybe we should be shading towards the underdogs a little bit looking forward, unless you think, of course, it could bounce back. Eventually it'll even out, but I think it's hard to determine when that is going to be. I mean, we can talk about some of these games in detail, but it was kind of one of these situations where, you know, look at, look at, you know, friggin' Minnesota, you know, against home against Atlanta. You know, we kind of talked, I kind of joked about Julio Jones not being a factor and what he goes off, mm-hmm. you know, so, and that was one of those, I guess it was a four point, they were four point favorites. So that's out of that, yeah. that one, but a lot of those closer ones, you know, who knows? It's just it's hard to value the market right now. I mean, we're week seven, so some of the numbers should be correcting. But you wonder if with the first three, four weeks, which is usually preseason, right, for these deals, yeah. now all of a sudden you're actually in the regular season where it may take another three to four weeks to really get real numbers. I don't know. You know, we'll see when when the statistics start bearing themselves out. Um So anyway, I, I listed some positives. I'm sure you can contribute here. My guy, King Henry. Uh, Derek Henry just dominated again. Uh, I put this guy as a complete mutant. I mean, he would be an X-Man. I don't know what, what he'd be, but 
He's the running man. I mean, this guy is incredible. He had that 94-yard scamper where he's running past cornerbacks and safeties. You know, he's had a 200-yard rushing game in three consecutive seasons. I mean, that's almost impossible. Uh, and so he obviously had a game-winning touchdown on the Wildcat, and he uh, he already has 588 yards, not years, 588 yards on the season in just five games action. That is wow. in- impressive. Yeah, very impressive, and uh, certainly a Tennessee offense that is just flying. I think they're now 5-0 and to the over as well this season. Tannehill and Henry are both playing really well and putting points on the board aplenty. Although I think that the Houston Texans defense probably had a small role to play in that. Yeah, they're awful. I read that J.J. Uh, Watt was not really had nice things to say about the two-point conversion attempt by Romeo yes. Cornell, and uh, the response from the media was, well, maybe you should have stopped the Titans once or twice this game. It could have <laughs> been a different outcome, and I concur. Yeah, I concur. You know, they, they showed the statistic that the probability of winning was equal if they kick it or they went for it. Um, but obviously, going for it and winning, getting the points, then that they win the game right there. It's almost like you win the game now or you win the game later. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm a, I would have gone conservative there. I would have told your, your cousin to go for one uh, so we get up by the eight and make them get a two-point conversion. But, you know, in the end, they could not stop that team. Henry was right. – I mean, he was – he had that screen pass that he took for 40 yards right away. I mean, he's just a, a beast. And, and obviously his fitness is showing right now. And, I mean, Another... We were we were on the Texans, yeah. admittedly, plus three yep. and a half. And I have to be honest, when they went for two, I was glad that they chose that play call. I I had a feeling that uh, extra point was going to lead to overtime, anyways. And yeah, they went to overtime and they lost. So I know that that was, was a, a crusher. So that we were on the right side there. It felt yeah. like it, but you know. Yep. Hey, what are you going to do? Uh, the next positive: the Steelers' defense. We talked about it last week. They came and punched the Browns in the mouth. Poor Browns. This team cannot beat can, this team. This the, the Cleveland Browns of the new era cannot beat the Steelers team. I think it's something like uh, what is Big Ben against the against the Browns? I mean, he's like he's only lost three times or something or ever. Um, right. <laughs> and so they just limited them to 75 yards rushing. They beat them obviously 38 to seven. Uh, so I don't know. They kind of exposed that team a little bit. And and more importantly, I kind of. I thought that the Steelers, even though the statistics didn't look good offensively, but they did a lot of good things in that game. And, you know, obviously a defensive score always helps out, but that, that defense is legit. Yeah, they are. The offense really didn't do a whole lot. Big Ben was pedestrian, 160 yards passing and one touchdown. James Conner had a decent game, but I think mm-hmm. this one was really about the defense, as you had written here. Right. The next one I had to put up there is the Chiefs running game. We actually mentioned this. I was wondering if Andy Reid is listening to the podcast. Do you think he's a he's a podcast listener? Oh, yeah, and a YouTube watcher. <laughs> exactly, YouTube. That's right. Our many viewers on YouTube because all of a sudden Andy Reid comes out and just pummels the ball. I mean, 45 times rushing, the most time he's ever called, you know, had rushing attempts in, in his career as the coach, 265 yards. Uh, Edwards Alaire was amazing and they won the game 26 to 17, but more importantly, it wasn't, they, they owned the ball. They, they never gave Buffalo the chance to score in that game for the most part. Yeah. Buffalo kind of back down to earth in this one. And I think that you can light your Josh Allen MVP ticket on fire because yeah. he's taken a step back the last couple of weeks. And really uh, the other story in this one that I wanted to mention is the Kansas city defense quietly playing really well right now. And, the secondary especially is playing at a very high level and that's a tough pass defense to go up against. Yeah, no question. Uh, you actually added one on here. I'm going to let you do it because uh, I did not, I did not put this on here, America. Trust me. Yeah. The uh, Chicago bears defense Mm -hmm. playing back close to 2018 levels. Now they held Teddy Bridgewater to a 27% success rate on passing plays on Mm -hmm. Sunday, two interceptions and four sacks. And they're now up to number two uh, pass defense per DVOA. Mm-hmm. So uh, ascending, and uh, maybe they are a little bit more formidable than we had suggested in weeks past. Well, their defense certainly is. The offense, I think, with Foles is more opportunistic. They actually made some plays. You're right. Besides the um, interceptions, it just looked like that they were under fire all the time. There was a lot of, you know, they were they were kind of ball hawking. They were all over the place, and you know Bridgewater, who doesn't usually turn the ball over, had a rough day. 
But more importantly, I think that they played within themselves. The Bears have kind of switched their their perspective. Maybe, hey, let's not do high flying. Let's play to this defense a little bit. In games against the Panthers, you can do that. You know that they're not going to run away from you scoring wise. So it worked out. They got the win. So good for the Bears, five and one now, which is still ludicrous to me. But I think their their schedule is going to, you know, figure it out. It's going to correct a little bit. They have a much tougher schedule in the next month. Okay. Some negatives, boy, Aaron Rodgers and the pack. Now, we obviously were on this game, which hurts our, our picks in the contest. But more importantly, I mean, what happened in this game? They're up 10 to nothing. They look great. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was doing some sort of Macarena in the end zone. Now, granted, on that play, I think he kind of got hurt. Because after that, he wasn't the same. That bad throw for the pick six, which never happens to him. And then he had another pick later. He just looked dazed and confused the rest of the game. They got housed. They, they got outscored 38 to zip after that, after that first quarter. And I, I don't even know what happened. He was just bad. I mean, he was under pressure like every mm-hmm. single drop back. I think mm-hmm. that pressure just got to him. Tampa Bay ended up with four sacks on the game, and Aaron only had 160 passing yards, which Oof. landed him 27th ranked out of 29 quarterback qualifiers this week in terms of performance. But the Packers just gave up in the second half. That's the part that pissed me off the most because this was an easy over bet, and I had money on the over. And because the Packers gave up, it ended up going under in the second half. Right. And uh, I think the other flip side of this is that the Tampa Bay defense is a little bit better than we expected. You know, yep. Vita Vea got hurt, but they made a trade for uh, another defensive tackle from the Giants, I believe. Mm-hmm. They've stepped in, and uh, clearly this Tampa Bay defense is going to be around for a while. Well, I mean, you know, and, and Dominican Sue's on this team, right? He played really well. Maybe he just played up with Rodgers or something. He was playing, like you said, a man amongst boys there. Um, hey, this just in action, so I can do this on live live podcasting. Christina Ridgway has just texted me, and she asked, who should we pick tonight in the game? I'm going to Spread or uh, game winner? I think it's just straight up. I, I have a hard time picking the Giants to win this game. <laughs> I like them with the points, though. I do, too. Um, but I'll, I'll put that. So Philly straight up, but uh, Giants with the points. I don't live think she has the points. Look at that. Live picks America. Look at that. Live picks America. Just text during the 5 o'clock you know, or 6 <laughs> o'clock hour here. You get your, get your question answered right away. Um, well, let's go to those Cowboys. How about it? This team is awful. 0-6 uh, ATS now. Uh, they got crushed by the Cardinals, 38-10. to Another huge turnover game. Zeke, two fumbles in the first quarter again, which led directly to touchdowns. They are now minus 12 turnover margin on the season, which is way, it's five ahead of the next team. Uh, you know, Dalton didn't play great, but he wasn't helped out by anybody. I mean, Gallup couldn't catch the ball and, I mean, what the hell's going on with this team? I don't know. They're in a funk. I (laughs) think that it has to go back to the coaching staff. And I don't know if you've heard, but there's been some media reports this week that several players uh, uh, anonymously have leaked quotes to the media that they don't trust the coaching staff and they don't think they're good at their jobs. So definitely some uh, buzz coming out of there. That's not a good sign. Yeah, they said they're not prepared. It's a joke. Now, granted, I don't think McCarthy's a very good coach. So uh, this is not this is a confirmation situation. But man, I mean, could they? It's probably not likely because of the money they paid him. Would you think that they'd make a move if Dak was healthy? Maybe they'd make a move midseason because this team's still in first place in the division. So they're going to probably make the playoffs with this garbage. So yeah, they might. They have a lot of talent, especially on offense. And even I mean, Van Der Esch came back, and he still wasn't. You know, I mean, they it wasn't even. It wasn't really. I mean, what's his name? Drake had a good game too. They just couldn't stop. You know, Kyler Murray running around all the time. Yeah. So. And really, the pass defense played okay. Kyler Murray didn't blow them away through the air. It was the legs and Kenyon Drake. The one long bomb to Christian Kirk was a backbreaker right at the end of the first oh. half. Yeah. And, uh, on the flip side. I think the loss of Zach Martin, the offensive yeah. line for the Cowboys, was crucial because after that, they were getting tons of pressure on him. I agree. I saw that too. Um, you know, they they did that little graphic with the 
the construction signs over the guys and stuff. And it's like, there's nobody, this great offensive line is gone. So now it's like, it's inverted. They used to have this great offensive line and average receivers. Now they've got these great receivers and the line sucks, but unfortunately the line's what matters uh, in this case. So the last one is another defense boy, the bills D what happened to this defense. And, you know, they were playing not great the first few weeks of the season. I mean, they were playing good in the games, but the defense, they've been getting shredded. And obviously we talked about the Chiefs on the other side. 466 yards action? Yeah, and 67% success rate for the Kansas City offense on third downs. So they were converting two-thirds of every third down. And uh, the Buffalo defense is now 29th ranked out of 32, which is a far cry from their preseason expectations. Yeah. You know, it's one of those situations where sometimes when the team scores a lot of points, you get a little lazy, right? Because you don't have to play as hard a defense because you have a get, uh, you know, you have a lead. Now it's kind of coming back to haunt them because they're playing a little bit better teams. It's kind of getting them punched in the mouth and, you know, they got another tough game this week, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't stop for this team. Um, so we'll see what happens. Some key injuries. You already mentioned Zach Martin. He's he had a concussion. Uh, we'll see if he's playing or not this week. Uh, Devin Bush is out for the year with ACL tear for Pittsburgh. That will hurt their defense some, sadly. Uh, Raheem Mostert has a ankle sprain. It looks like he's not going to play this week. This guy can't stay healthy, by the way. Yeah. Your guy Taylor Lewan for Tennessee. He's out for the season with uh, ACL as well. That, that it definitely will hurt their running attack. Although it seems like they were doing okay after he got hurt. And then you've already mentioned uh, Raiders. You've got the COVID list and the whole offensive line. Um, it's just kind of a, an interesting one. But the last one you mentioned here, not an injury-related, Fitzmagic, he's out. Two is in. Yeah. Fitzmagic, uh, rough week for him. It sounds like he really took the move pretty hard. He was having a good time. And the Dolphins are 3-3 three and three, right in the playoff mix. They are. And kind of a surprising move. I think it, it shocked is. the entire NFL media landscape with the move this week? I'm not sure what they're thinking. I mean, I think actually, I mean, they're ahead of the Patriots in the division. First of all, mm-hmm. they're only a game back of, of the bills. They've played pretty well. I thought they played really well in the first six games. They've kind of matched what I thought they would do. They would improve this season. They got an outside shot to make the playoffs. I, I don't think Tua gives them the best chance this year, but you know, we'll see if magic certainly is a team player. He's you know obviously getting, you know, getting on the media now, but I'm sure he would, Rise of the challenge if Tua got knocked out again. But he's had a pretty good year. He's had a, I mean, you know, he's, he's always yeah. the swashbuckler with that mustache and beard. I think he's top 10 in terms of QBR rating when you stack rank them. So definitely a good year. But in the bigger picture, if the Dolphins have any aspirations of winning Super Bowls, they need to yeah. get Tua under center. Fitzmagic is not going to be winning any Super Bowls anytime soon. I mean, agreed. I mean, you're looking at, you know, Tua, you've obviously got, you know, uh, Justin Herbert. Obviously, he's already taken the, taken the reins over in, in uh, Los Angeles. It's the right thing to do long term. It's just a little confusing because it wasn't an injury and they were winning. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's go over the week previews here. We already kind of touched on the Giants very briefly. It's going to be played tonight, so we don't need to talk about it. But go ahead, Ridgeway, get your pick in. Um, so the first game we've got, Cleveland is going to be at Cincinnati this time. It uh, looks like it opened at 4.5 for for Cleveland on the road. Uh, 52 was the opener for the total, but now it's down to 3.5 and 50.5. And and so there's been some movement there. In the circuit, it's, it's the 3.5, huh? Is that what we're looking at for the contact? Correct. Updated. Yeah, so interesting situation here. I'm not sure what you feel. I mean, in the first game, uh, Cincinnati was a, a bigger dog where they were like an eight-point dog or something, and they covered in the back door. This isn't a backdoor situation, but I don't know. Besides that one, you know, back step against the Ravens, the, uh, the Bengals have played decent, at least against the number. What do you think here? I believe it was six the first time six. in Cleveland. Yeah, it was a Thursday night game, and – Joe Burrow got the late touchdown to close it within five mm-hmm. for the cover. Um, I like the Browns in this game. Mm-hmm. I realize that the adjustment here for home field is probably not as much as you would expect. Um, I'm just trying to do the math here quickly. So if you take three points away, they're three and a half points better. 
So it looks like Cleveland's downgraded here a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, they, they're sitting where they're sitting in the index. They probably should be uh, probably a seven, eight point favorite. Um, or I'm sorry, on the at home. So it'd be yeah, like maybe like a five point favorite on the road. Mm-hmm. I think that people are looking at Baker. I mean, Baker had another crappy game against the Steelers. He's not going to have that. He had a great game against the Bengals first game, first game didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he had a great night in the running game again. I think that's where the disparity is going to be in this one, that Cleveland Browns running attack and mm-hmm. facing off against the Bengals defense, which is porous, 23rd ranked against the run. So, What do you think about the over here? It's come down. Total's 50 and a half. Seems like it might be a good candidate for an over. Yeah, I mean, certainly think you could do no wrong by betting overs in Bengals games. Uh, you saw <laughs> right. They jumped out 21-0 against the Colts this past weekend and allowed Phillip Rivers and company to come all the way back and win that one. So I think that's a, a fair play at 51, certainly a key number if you can mm-hmm. get a little bit under that, some value. But any thoughts on the Brownies for our contest pick? Mm, I like some others better. I don't know okay. if I'm getting all on board with the Brownies, but fair. yeah, we'll see. Uh, they, I mean, they, they're, they've been a, a weird team. I mean, they're 4-2, they're and two, I guess, but... You know, when they face good competition, they crumple up. So they definitely could be better against the Bengals, but against good competition, they get crushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, next game, Dallas-Washington. Oh, boy. So <laughs> two teams that we can't trust. Uh, opened up three-and-a-half-point uh, favorites for Dallas on the road, the total 49. Now it's, the total's down to 46. It's down to a pick. Probably right now where it was a pick. I mean, this team... How can you possibly trust the Cowboys, right, in this particular case? But, man, this – this and Washington did cover last week. Give them some credit. They covered at the Giants. But, yeah. damn, this team's – I mean, both these teams are just difficult to trust. I mean, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the under has some value. You've yeah. already seen a move from 49 to 46. I think that you could look at this in the first half. 22, 23 would be a great number. But in terms of the side – I would only look in one direction, and that's with Washington. Washington, right. I'm not sure we want to put our contest picks on it. I think you and I talked offline that we'd like to swear off the NFC East. Yes. Right. And when they play each other, it's possible. But when they play anybody True. else, they suck. So um, we didn't get I mean, those stats yet. With the Dallas offensive line and Andy Dalton's completely lacking pocket presence and inability to move anywhere, Right. I think that the Washington defensive line is going to be set up to have quite a bit of pressure in this game. No, I, so, I think he's going to get sacked multiple times. I think the under is a good call. I think that's going to be a rough one. Um, but, you know, will Dallas or Washington, I mean, what does Washington do to score? I mean, unless it's for turnovers. But, you know, that's that's kind of what plays into the hands of, you know, the Cowboys. They still turn the ball over. I mean, I mean, you saw Pollard get some run because they had to bench Zeke. He kept fumbling the damn ball every five minutes. I like Pollard. He's good back. Yeah, he is. All right, let's move to the next one. We've got Detroit yeah. against Atlanta. Atlanta opened as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. 56-and-a-half was the total. It's down to 55 now. In Circa, it's it's a two-point uh, favorite for Atlanta, which is probably about the number it should be. Um, I do have Atlanta as a better team in the index, barely. This team, These teams are really close. And ultimately, you know, like I said, they, they've hit the number probably right. I mean, two and a half was where I saw it earlier. If it's two now, maybe that's a little bit of value. I don't know. Um, any thoughts there? I know you love your, your hometown Lions now. Yeah, I like the Lions a lot in this game. Appreciate Catching it. points in this spot. I think that uh, the Lions are the play. You've mm. seen this offense play a lot better the last couple of weeks. They obviously... Played against the crappy Jacksonville defense last weekend, yes. but uh, DeAndre Swift looked like a new man out there, and I think that if uh, they continue to pound the rock with Swift, that it's just going to bring a whole other dimension to this Detroit Lions offense mm-hmm. that uh, the Atlanta Falcons won't be able to stop. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, I like the Detroit Lions secondary. They've improved the last couple of weeks as well, uh, moving up the ranks in DVOA. So I think that they have the weapons who could stop the Falcons' passing game. Interesting. Okay, we are definitely on odds on this one. I, It's an interesting take you've got there. Do you think their defense has been better? So they played the Jags, who stink. They were on by the week before? Yeah. 
So the week before that, they got did they win? No, they they got beat, right? I don't know. I I don't trust the Lions. You know I don't. Um, it's Atlanta. I didn't trust them either. You think they just got that one bump game where they played incredible? I mean, they played gr- really good against Minnesota. Yeah, and, I mean, stink. We talked about it last week. It could have been the um, motivational bump from the coach firing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they covered by 17 at Minnesota. But uh, the rest of the year, they are oh, four. Let's see, one and four against the spread. So. Oh yeah, of course, because they give up leads like nobody else. So, all right, well, we'll <laughs> none are jumping out of the page for me okay. right now. Uh, here on. we go. Carolina is going to New Orleans. New Orleans opened as a seven-point favorite, fifty-one point total, and circuit seven and a half now with that same total. Um, you know, again. I, Carolina let me down last week. Uh, you know, I, I actually bet against my did I bet against my Bears. Yes, I did. Uh, openly bet against the Bears there. Um, that was the wrong call, and they they played well. Not sure. I mean, the, the Saints obviously they're coming off a bye. I guess my handicap this week would be that they're going to play better off this bye. So seven and a half is not a great number, uh, especially in this particular spot. But that's why I think it's baked into the number. I think it should have been probably like a five-point favorite at home, maybe six. I think they're getting a little bit of push because they're coming off the bye, and obviously Carolina's loss. I don't know. I probably would only take the Saints side in this one, even though the Panthers have covered, you know, three of the last four weeks. Seven and a half points, though, is an intriguing number. It is. With the hook. Um, Michael Thomas looks like he's going to be back off the suspension Mm -hmm. and back out there, which gives a whole other dynamic to the Saints offense. Correct. And the bye, definitely you've got to figure that Sean Payton has the edge coming off the bye, going up against first-year coach Matt Rule. But Teddy Bridgewater is a covering machine. Okay. If you know this way. Except for last week when I bet on him. In his career, <laughs> 75% against the spread, 30 and 10. And following a straight up loss, he is 13 and 3 against the spread, 81%. Hmm. And further, as an underdog, 18 and 4, 82%. Okay. So okay. I think that the Carolina Panthers are a live dog in this game. I like them a lot catching the 7.5 points. I do wish that it was a little bit higher. Um, certainly in today's NFL, eight is preferable given the new two-point conversion proficiency. Yep. But uh, I still, if I were going to play this game, it would be on the Carolina side. Hmm. Okay, we are differing. I mean, I definitely am thinking narratives too. I'm thinking, oh, they they, they coach Bridgewater. They know his weaknesses. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's it, maybe I'll get talked into it. It's definitely a good number. Seven and a half is a great underdog number for sure. Don't forget, Joe Brady just two years ago was an offensive special assistant for the Saints, too. So there's some uh, knowledge there as well. Right. Okay, so next game, Buffalo against the Jets. This is uh, Buffalo Open is a 10.5-point favorite on the road at at the Jets. 48 is the total at the opener. Now it's down to 45, 13 point, I'm sorry, 11.5 point favorites for the circuit contest. Um, Obviously, the Jets suck. I mean, that's the handicap, right? Aren't they going to win a game? I'm not saying they're going to beat Buffalo. <laughs> they're going to win against somebody. This team's horrible. Uh, this is actually, I mean, Joe Flacco is garbage. We all know that. I think this is the get-right game for Buffalo. They've played some tougher opponents, and now they actually get Joe Flacco, so they'll probably sack him like 17 times because he's a statue. Uh, it's a big number. It's definitely the largest, not just largest spread, but the largest difference in the index. It's just a, it's just a big number. What's the index difference telling you that the number should be? Oh, it's it's probably about right at the at the uh, what are the it's eleven and a half. I had it at ten and a half when I first put this up. You know, it probably should be yeah, I'd say probably more like ten, but it's, it's a huge number. The Jets stink. Mm-hmm. Are you back in the Jets here? I think this is the spot to do it. <laughs> <laughs> this man well, loves underdogs. We could wait until next week. You know, the look ahead is 21 and a half against oh. the Chiefs. Wow. So, the Chiefs. Oh. No, I don't recommend that. I, you know, honestly, there's 13s uh, across the board in some books. So I think that line tells a little bit of a story that the operators chose 11 and a half in this spot for the contest line. 
Um, in week one, these two teams played against each other, and the Bills were six-and-a-half-point home favorites. Yep. So if you flip, I think this number does look to be about right in terms of uh, the home-to-home switch. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I just don't think that the Buffalo team is playing like an 11-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Sure. That's really my angle here. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the Jets, but just fading the Buffalo ability to cover a number like this. Right, right. No, I, I understand. It makes sense. It's just the Jets, they are the worst team, like, in the NFL. So it's, you know, back in the, the worst team in the NFL. It's like last year. How many times did we chase the Dolphins early last year? Yeah, that's true. You can probably <laughs> blame me for that. It's like, come on, it's 21 points. We could do it. Nope. It's 17 and a half. Nope. Yeah, it's horrible. All right, let's All right. look at the next one. Let's look at the next one. Green Bay is okay. going to Houston. Uh, Green Bay opened as a three and a half point favorite, 56 point total. Uh, in the contest, it is also that same three and a half and up to 57. Okay, uh, we probably will differ on this one. I'm going to put that out there already. I'm back on the pack. I don't think I should be, but uh, I, I mean, Houston's defense stinks, and the pack played like garbage. So to me, they should have be a bigger favorite. It's just obviously, I think there's a reaction here that. Obviously, the pack played like crap, uh, and Houston's been scoring points. But three and a half, I know there's the hook there. I know you like that hook for the underdog. So talk me into Texan, the Texans. And it's at Houston. Yeah. Why, why Why don't you think you should be, though? You, you said it. And there, shouldn't you be what? On the pack. Oh, I'm all over the pack. Okay. I'm asking you to talk me into the Texans because I'm not I'm, – I'm, I'm all over the pack here, but I'm probably yeah. overzealous. Well, you mentioned that the Houston – has a crappy defense. Do you know where the Green Bay defense ranks? Oh, it's it's not good. It's not good. Let, let me thirtieth totals. Thirtieth. Wow, that's awful. Thirtieth. So I think that this game. I love the over. Um, sure, sure. Right off the bat, I think it was fifty-six, looking like some fifty-sevens right now on the board. But um, outside of that, I think that the loss of Bill O'Brien has taken the governor off of Deshaun Watson a little bit. Oh. He was. 11th in uh, DVOA rankings before Bill O'Brien was fired, and mm-hmm. now he's second ranked in the last okay. two weeks with Romeo Cornell calling the shots. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, Houston is much better than their record indicates. One okay. and five or one and four, I think one now. Five, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight up, and I think that this line is way out of whack. The Packers should not be favored by three and a half points on the road in this game. What would you put it? I think it should be closer to a pick'em. Pick'em? Yeah. Talking about Houston, right? Yeah, the Houston Texans. Wow. I mean, Houston, two weeks ago, obviously under the aforementioned Bill Bill O'Brien, were the worst team in the index. I mean, the worst team. by Mm -hmm. Even worse than the Jets. It's kind of hard to believe. But in this particular case, I've got them, let's see, they're they're like third worst. (laughs) No, and we're talking about teams like, uh, the Jets, Jacksonville, just below them, right? And then you got Houston. So do you think it's just they're they're facing juggernaut offenses? I mean, obviously we know they face the, the Ravens, we know they face the Chiefs. Uh, you know, last week the Titans. These are these are high flying offenses at this point. Mm-hmm. But don't you think the Pack take away the performance from last week? Don't you think the Pack are that same level of of offense? Yeah, I do. I, I think the Packers are playing well, but their offensive line couldn't protect Rodgers last week. Mm-hmm. And I do. I also think that the Houston numbers look poor because of their strength of schedule. You've mm-hmm. got Pittsburgh in there too. So sure. four of these offensive that, and offenses that they face this season are in the top of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that Green Bay has faced an offense so far that that stacks up with Deshaun Watson. Um, you don't think the New Orleans, think Tampa. New Orleans is on there, Tampa, but yeah. I don't. I wouldn't put Tampa in the same level as um, the Houston Texans offense right now. Mm-hmm. So I do agree, though, when you look at last week's uh, closing number, a pick 'em, and uh, this week. I mean, when you kind of stack up Tampa Bay and Houston, you would probably figure they're three and a half points better, the Buccaneers over the Texans. Yeah, I think I think at least I I I think you're valuing Houston a lot higher just because of strength of schedule. I I mean they got they got housed in those games. I don't, I mean I don't know. 
obviously it's Bill O'Brien, right? So they played great against the Jags, right? It's the Jags is their win. Yep. And then last week they did play better. Um, obviously they should have won the game probably. But it's a division game. And it was just like uh, Titans defense was no good either. So, well, maybe you're right. Maybe if it's a shootout type situation again, which could be the situation here, then maybe three and a half is just what you need because you've got the hook. I mean, maybe you could talk me into it. I'll, I'll go contrary to my analysis again. Okay, uh, we can set it aside. Yeah, well, it's all of them so far. True. All right, let's talk about the Sunday night game, even though it's it's in the rotation now. It's got moved to the Sunday night. Uh, Seattle is going to Arizona. Uh, Seattle is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, 55-point total. In circuits, three-and-a-half now, 56-point total. You know, this is the problem. You're not supposed to go against Russell Wilson and the number. These guys keep covering, right, every week. In my statistics, the Cardinals are the pick. You know, they're mm-hmm. home three-and-a-half. You should take the, you should, uh, take the points and, you know, see if, if uh, Russell Wilson can beat it. It's just hard for me to do that, of course, but you know, statistically, it's the Cardinals here. Yeah, I agree. I I, I don't love the move into prime time now. Right. I saw that today. I cringed a little bit because I like Arizona a lot, but it certainly puts a lot more pressure on the big Sunday night stage for Kyler Murray and right. um, Kingsbury's their first opportunity to play in that stage and against Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Arizona team has edges in all defensive statistical categories i think oh yeah probably have a seattle screen. seattle's seattle's the they're a terrible defense they're yeah. you're talking about the pact seattle's horrible mm-hmm. yeah 6.2 yards per play they're giving up on defense and uh and arizona is a lot better they have a, a positive almost one yard per play better than their opponents this season the arizona mm-hmm. cardinals so um i think that uh i like arizona in this game especially at three and a half all right, we agreed on one. Congratulations, Action. We did it. Okay. Only took us 10 games. Um, <laughs> how about this next one? Uh, the 49ers are going to New England. Uh, this is going to be a late start, even though it's in New England. That's interesting. So it's a kind of a premium game. Five-point favorite opener for New England, 45.5-point total. This this is down to 1.5 in the contest, 43.5-point total. Probably makes sense on the total. Uh, you know, obviously, San Francisco, we did talk about, they bounced back. They played great against the Rams. Jimmy G looked better. They they were just – they had a different approach to the game. They played harder. Uh, they also were getting the ball out in space to get Debo Samuel the ball, and it was just kind of dominating. You know, Jared Goff regressed to what I know he is. He's, he's crap. Um, so one and a half. Man, this is tough. New England off a loss. We've talked about this. But the problem is they lost before the bye, didn't they? And they were like – basically unbeatable against the spread after a loss, but they end, end up losing last week outright when they were the favorite. you, you got to take New England, right, with one and a half, but, damn, they played like shit last week. I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. this one really kind of confounds me, too, because the number is just odd. Yep. I mean, the look-ahead was like six, and yep. I'm not really sure that the Niners play and the Patriots play combined for a move like that. I know. So it kind of gives me some pause a little bit. Right. And I want to I want to lean to the New England Patriots here in this game, but I'm just not sure that I would be happier to pass this one. Yeah, Cam looked like garbage, you know, in his return. And, you know, I mean, Denver won, uh, and it was kind of interesting that game. They didn't play very well, but they got mm-hmm. the defensive score. You know, that's that was a key in the game. Oh, no, they didn't get a defensive score. They had six field goals, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, six field goals. But they they had a lot of turnovers from New England, and it was just a weird game. Um, okay, well, let's pass. Let's talk about Kansas City and Denver, the aforementioned Denver. Uh, Kansas City is going to Denver in mile high. It's going to be – they were a 10-point opening favorite, 49.5-point total, which seems a little low. Now it's 9.5 with only a 46-point total. So, obviously, that's probably more on the backs of Denver's bad offense. Nine and a half seems like a decent number with the Chiefs. Uh, I'm not sure they are on the road. They didn't play great in a couple weeks ago against the Raiders, but can Drew Locke beat them deep uh, with Jerry Judy? Maybe, but uh, certainly the Chiefs played a lot better against Buffalo. Yeah, I agree. I think that you have to look to one way in this game with the Chiefs. The only thing that gives me pause is the weather. I think mm-hmm. it's supposed to snow this weekend in Denver. 
And uh, if you remember last year, I think it was in Kansas City when they first met up with Drew Locke under center and the Chiefs torched them. Right. They won by like three or four touchdowns going away. And you have to feel like that the Chiefs have advantages on both sides of the ball given their formidable secondary matching up against the Denver passing attack. And on the other side, the Chiefs' newfound running attack. Mm -hmm. I got to feel like that they're going to look to run the ball again. LaShawn McCoy is probably going to be out there this week. And uh, we'll see how they split the carries with him and Edwards Hilaire. Mm-hmm. But you mean Jim, could, uh, Le'Veon Bell, right? Yeah, sorry, Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. right. Um, I, I could go with Kansas City in this one. I'm not mm-hmm. sure I like Denver, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't like Denver in this spot. Uh, I think that if the number was bigger over 10, maybe, but... I think the Chiefs figured out what they could do. They can run and they can throw, so let's just do it. And, um, you know, I think they kind of got caught a little flat-footed against the Raiders. They were thinking that they could beat them easily, too, and now they stepped up. I don't think they're going to make that same mistake in the division again. So, Yeah, and All after right. the loss to the Raiders, this one is probably a little bit bigger in their minds in terms of getting back on track inside the division. No question. All right, so this is the game that we're not sure is going to happen. It got moved to a 4 o'clock start, and we'll see if that actually happens. They moved it there because they think it might get canceled, huh? Uh, Tampa is going to the Vegas. Uh, Tampa opened up as 2.5-point favorites on the road, 53.5-point uh, total. This is uh, up to 3.5 in the contest and a 52-point total, a little bit down. You know, I didn't really have a great feeling about this one. I think the Raiders obviously played extremely well on the last time we saw them. So that's in our mind. They did cover, you know, a number early in the season when they were the dog at home against the Saints. Uh, Tampa's defense is really good. Uh, I think we talked about that. Uh, I don't love that running attack against that, you know, Tampa line. And that's kind of what the backbone of this offense is, even though Carr, you know, hit deep against the Chiefs. So I probably would, would stick to the favor here, even though it's against what our normal narrative is for the week of picking underdog at least for you um not sharing your thoughts yeah i think so too i initially was in my head lining up to look at the oakland side in this game but Mm -hmm. with the offensive line injuries now or or covid sickness with trent brown i think that certainly brings into question how they're going to be able to protect Derek carr against the tampa bay defense and certainly with the possibility of more linemen being out too would be a huge concern. So, and I mean, you also have to upgrade Tampa Bay. That's probably a simple thing to say, but when you look back at the Oakland spreads at home, they were a three point underdog to Buffalo and then mm-hmm. four point underdogs to New Orleans, um, obviously splitting those games against the spread. And uh, I, I got to feel like that Tampa is, in my mind, um, better than both of those teams right now. So yeah. just by yeah. those comparisons, you're getting some value here looking at the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, we obviously they had the stinker against the Bears, but, you know, you realize the Bears defense, there's my ambulance, uh, the Bears are pretty good um, you know, on defense. And when they play against defenses that aren't so good, I don't think Oakland's very good, they, they can shred them. And that's what we've yeah. seen. So I, I, think, I agree with you there. But it looks like this game probably won't happen, so we'll find out. I mean, we'll, we'll see where we sit come Saturday, I guess. Mm-hmm. The next one is a is a really great matchup. Pretty excited. I guess it, it's in the rotation here, but it's a one o'clock start, huh? So it's it's the Steelers are going to Tennessee. This is the battle of unbeaten's in the AFC. Uh, Tennessee opened as a one point favorite at home, fifty two and a half point total in the contest. It's one and a half point uh, favorites and a fifty and a half point total. I'm all over the Steelers here, baby. I'm, I'm I've got my Steelers jersey. It's 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 on order. Um, you know I love King Henry, but that defense is legit and. I just kind of feel like the Titans have been a little bit living on the edge. I mean, they're definitely a high-flying offense with, you know, the way Henry's running and, and Tannehill's play pretty well. But I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the Steelers in this spot. I think the, the line is probably accurate. Like, it, you know, obviously it's almost showing that on a neutral temp, or I mean, Pittsburgh would be better. But um, I don't know. I, I like the Steelers here. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I uh was some kooky moves in this game mm-hmm. this week. The Steelers opened as a favorite. They did. And uh, like a small favorite, half a point or a point maybe. And then it moved up a little bit. 
to one and a half. And then was it yesterday morning or this morning I woke up and all of a sudden Tennessee was favored. So, <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure what's going on there. It seems like there's some battling going on between two sharp groups is my okay. guess between some of them grabbing Tennessee and others like Pittsburgh. Um, I caught a one and a half and teased it up to seven and a half with Pittsburgh. I definitely like that side mm-hmm. going up through the touchdown. But the Devin Bush injury is not ideal for facing Derrick Henry. True. That's the one concern I have about this game. On the other side, I think that uh, the Pittsburgh offense should be able to shred Tennessee's defense. They are Absolutely. not playing well right now. So right. Um, I do think that uh, on paper, Pittsburgh is the better team. And I think your numbers probably would indicate that as well, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty close. I mean, actually, when you look yeah. at the numbers, they're they're fairly close. The Titans now, their defense isn't very good, right? So the Steelers have, the Steelers are actually right at the top of the index, you know, with, uh, I guess it was Chiefs. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really at the top of the index right now. Um, whereas you got the Titans, they're, you know, they're, they're still pretty good. I mean, they're in the top six, you know, it's like okay. the Chiefs, the Titans, the Steelers, actually the Cardinals are pretty high, uh, and the Bucks. You know, those are the top teams right now. Um, the Colts are just off of that too. I guess the Ravens as well. So those are kind of like the top eight teams. The Titans are right there. I mean, their, their offensive numbers are carrying them. Plus, if I'm not mistaken, let me double check, uh, the Titans, and they're plus six. Yeah, they're at the top of the charts in turnover differential, which is really a big determinant of winning games. And and they're, yep. they're right there. They're number they're number one. So they're tied with the Ravens in turnover differential. So I don't know if the Steelers are going to turn the ball over as much as say you know other teams the Titans have faced. Yeah, I mean Taylor Lewan is out for the Titans mm-hmm. offensive line. You got to figure if Pittsburgh is going to be able to put some pressure on Tannehill. Yeah, but Dupree. Yep. I did also hear that Corey Davis might return this week, so another okay. option for that passing game. So it's going to be a fantastic game. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, awesome game. Okay, well, let's talk about the next game. Uh, this is Jacksonville. You know, lowly Jacksonville is regressing to their mean, going to the Chargers. Seven-and-a-half-point favorite opener for the Chargers, uh, 48 being the total. Uh, this is actually almost right on the number. Seven-and-a-half still in circa, 49 being the total. Originally, when this came out, I was definitely on the Chargers here. I just don't love the hook. God, I hate the hook. Um, and I think Herbert's going to get his first win in this game. I just don't know if they're actually going to cover this number, unfortunately. But I can't back Jacksonville either. I like Jacksonville. Of course you do. Look at <laughs> He's got his Vinci Mania hat on. He's got his, he's got his little headband on. I think it was. I think I saw the headband on that that shelf. Uh, man, the. The Chargers just can't cover as favorites. Right. That's what this comes down to. They can't they it's can a new, win games. Yeah, sure. It's a new quarterback, but it's the same Anthony Lynn. It's true. That's that's my handicap here. I certainly think that we could probably find some better picks for the contest, but if it comes down to it, I would not hesitate to throw Jacksonville in, catching seven and a half. When's the last time Jacksonville covered a number? Was it week two? <clears throat> it was, yeah. <laughs> September 20th against Tennessee. <laughs> They're 0 4 in their last four weeks against the spread. So yeah, I think they're starting to play what we expected them to be. They're not going to be the worst because the Jets are the worst, but they're next. Um, so we'll see. I, I obviously can't take the Jags. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's okay. talk about the last game, the Monday night game. This is my Bears going to the Rams. Uh, this is a they've done this before a couple of years ago. Uh, the the Rams are a seven and a half point favorite on the opener, 47 point total, and the contest is down to six, which is a nice number. And 45-point total. Very interesting spot here, Action. Um, you know, one of these very curious games. The Rams are better in the index, which isn't a surprise, but they kind of sucked last week. Bears defense can be really good. And in the past, not to, it's not the same situation as two years ago, but I still remember when the Bears got to Jared Goff a couple of years ago. I think it was a Sunday night game. And he was garbage and just terrible. Could not get out of his own way. I do think that McVeigh is more committed to the run these days, so that helps them out. But, um, man, I really liked it when it was seven and a half. Six points is, is definitely making a statement. Um, so I don't know. I guess I'd back my Bears in this spot, which is tough to say. What's the local number at uh, Bet Rivers, Rivers in Illinois? Let me check. 
All right, Rivers, what do you got here, buddy? All right, Rivers. You know, the, it, these numbers actually aren't as different as I thought. It's six. It's the same. Okay. 45 yeah, points. They're probably, they're probably just copying everyone else's homework. I think that's pretty think, much industry standard nowadays anyway. I think that's right. I agree, though. I like the Bears, too. Right. I think that this defense has uh, got something to show for the L.A. Rams and Jared Goff and We've talked about this a number of times. Whenever you can get pressure on Goff, he becomes a completely different quarterback. Yep. And they've shown the past two seasons that they can get pressure on him and hold the Rams down for scoring. And both of these last two meetings were under 25 points. It was 15 to 6, 2018, yep. and 17 to 7 last year <laughs> for the Rams. So right. I like the under quite a bit. I've already taken the first half under at 21 and a half. And mm -hmm. I think because of that, you get some pretty serious value with catching six points in the underdog. Yeah, I agree. I think we've talked about that before on other podcasts for people that get this far on the show. I mean, if you have a, a total that's fairly low, but you see kind of a higher point spread, you kind of you, you got to take the, the dogs. They're not going to score as many points. Right. So it's logic. Um, I like that that angle there, actually. So, well, let's just uh, recap. We'll go into the Circa picks here. We didn't have a great week, America. Sorry, we're, we're failing you all. Um, when we do the pool party next year, we'll, you know, we were hoping that we'd you know, throw some cash around with a cash gun. I know that Action's going to – he's got one on back order. Uh, we were 2-3 and three last week, so after the six weeks, we're 17-3. and three. Still 57%, still pretty solid, but dropping to 773rd place on the season and 11547th in the Q2, so not too good in Q2. That's about halfway down. Um, we've talked already about the pack. You're against me in that one. The Cardinals were on the same side, so that's good. That's the mm -hmm. plus three and a half. Or, is it three and a half in the contest? Correct. Um, Steelers were – well, you were, were you going to come on board with the Steelers? Or you? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I like the Steelers as well. Okay. I, maybe I didn't make that clear, but I, I think that's a good pick. Yeah, Steelers at you know, one and a half on the road. They're actually I've got them at the favorite there. I was okay if they were a favorite, so this is actually getting <laughs> half. Um, we disagree on the Falcons and uh, Lions, so we're probably going to stay away from that. But we are on the Chiefs at nine and a half in the contest, so that's actually a good number for us. Um, and then we're both on Chicago. I think you added that one, Chicago plus six. And then we didn't really talk about these other ones in detail, but we had another one. Didn't we have another one we liked? Uh, we highlighted Tampa Bay as uh, well. Right. Sure. But I have to keep an eye on that one. I think um, yeah, I don't know if we were really on the same side in any other games. Possibly Cleveland. Yeah, possibly Cleveland. You could warm up to that, possibly. Yeah, three and a half is a pretty low number. And then you, you like Carolina, just to recap. Action does like Carolina at seven and a half on the road because Teddy covers numbers. Apparently, mm -hmm. he's got a bookie. Yes. Uh, and then, but I'm on the opposite side with the Falcons, uh, two and a half point favorites at home against Detroit. And then the Pack, three and a half. But we'll see. <clears throat> Jaguars. <laughs> oh God, please don't. <laughs> the Jags. I mean, I get it, man. Minshew Mania. He's gonna have one game, but. I don't know, the thing about the Chargers, we didn't talk about this, they have a lot of injuries, there's no question, and they were really injured at the end of that Saints game. I just, I don't know, who knows? Anthony Lynn, God, he's terrible. I mean, that team's got talent. Come on, plug me in, coach, I'll take over. Come on. Anyway, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, well, that essentially wraps us up for this week. Uh, I mean, obviously, we had a lot of things going on. I mean, <laughs> You've taken care of the rats. I've taken care of work stuff. Uh, my car is somewhere on the road somewhere. I don't know what's happening. It's getting dark outside at like 4 o'clock. I mean, I life's changing pretty fast over here, Action. Winter will be here before we know it. I know. No doubt. I know. Well, definitely follow us uh, both on the podcast. You know, obviously you can do that on your where you can get podcasts. You know, please follow us or, you know, like us on the on the YouTube. We need to pump that up a little bit. Um, you know, Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Well, let's, let's get back on the, on the right side this week, Action, and make this happen. America, we're, you know, we're not going to fail you this time, I promise you. Yeah, through six weeks, I think that was our first sub-500 week. So I know, I know. So we can get back on the positive side and get this thing back on the tracks. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it, Action. I'm all for it. All right. <laughs> Take care, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. 
We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER intro and outro and transition music credits song titles jerry 5 and district 4 by kevin mcleod at incompetech.org license under creative commons attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0